0: You're listening to The Mixtape Project. I'm Pete. And I'm Jakob. And together we write and produce songs over at PXY Music.
1: The Mixtape Project is where we share the music that shapes us, giving you a dose of that music-human connection we're all searching for. Hello and welcome to The Mixtape Project. Uh, This is another one of our themed mixtapes, and I had the pleasure this week of choosing our theme, and I went along with family. Not family and friends just family, no friendship allowed on this podcast. I went with family. I was listening to some music this week. I was listening to one song in particular, which will be aired this evening that I've wanted to play to Pete since we started this uh, podcast. And I was like, I am just going to invent a theme that will allow me to share this song. Is it cheating? Is it cheeky? Perhaps. Pete, what do you think about that? Is that a sneaky cheeky way of uh, picking a theme?
0: It's okay. It's, it's artificial, sure, but mm-hmm. aren't we all nowadays? So, mm. Hey. Hey, hey, hey.
1: So, yes, um, as usual, this is uh, we don't confer with each other. There's no other explanation. Um, we just say a word, family, and we go away and pick our songs. And if we're lucky, there are some links, but it really doesn't matter if there are links or not. Um, it's about having some fun, discovering some new music and just uh, seeing what we both find interesting about music. Isn't that right, Pete?
0: That's right. And we're going to figure out something to do if we ever pick the same song.
1: Yes. If if we ever pick the same song, the whole podcast finishes or at least the season. Traditionally, uh, the person who picks the theme is the one to kick it off with their first song choice. And that's me. So, I didn't know we had that
0: tradition. But is great. that not how we We're do forming, it? No, probably. It's good. We're forming traditions.
1: Yes. So, my first track is Dean Friedman's Song for My Mother from the second album of Dean's called Dean Friedman, released in 1977. So, uh, lyrically, this is a really, really special song. Um, it has so much beautiful detail in it and so much information. Uh, one of the kind of standout lyrics for me is, uh, right at the end of the track, but there's still no way to describe the relief I finally found upon learning it was you and not me that was crazy. And that really stands out to me uh, as a key, key part of the song. And, you know, I think we've all kind of spoke to friends or spoke to family that tend to have issues and problems, uh, going back to childhood. It's kind of a cliche thing that we hear, but, uh, but really true and and something that all of us in some way take. But this is such a heartfelt, beautiful song and so sad. But uh, it's really, really beautiful. So uh, Dean credits his mum as being a a major influence on him musically. Um, Rosie Rosette, I think I'm saying that correct, had a few Broadway performances and introduced Dean to music at a young age. Uh, This album has a few of his uh, bigger hits in it. But I think he's considered really to be a one-hit wonder kind of guy, as people would say. The track uh, that most people would recognize is called Ariel. And another one called Lucky Stars, which actually Lucky Stars was bigger in the UK, Ariel bigger in the US. Lucky Stars hit number three in the in the UK. Uh, I first heard Dean about a year ago on the radio and just fell in love with Lucky Stars. And decided to check out his his albums. I was supposed to see him last year, but covid came into play and stopped that from happening.
0: This this was the song for the the spawned This the is theme. the song
1: that spawned the theme. Yeah, I've been listening to it a lot. It's one of those songs that I've listened to loads last year and have been listening to over the last month.
0: Nice. It's um that acoustic guitar is incredibly recorded. It's uh so clean and clear. And uh, I really noticed there's so much dynamic range. We've been talking a little bit about some of the technicalities of recording and how a lot of stuff is compressed nowadays. So you're loud and you're soft, isn't that different? And this track just really struck me as having a lot of depth in the, the dynamic range, the loud and the soft. Also, of course, emotionally.
1: And that's actually a really good observation that you mentioned there about the compression. Or, or you know, lack of compression where everything's just the same volume. This is up and down, and it really enables Dean to take you on a journey, bring you up and bring you back down, and he does that so well.
0: Yeah, because you're never bored listening to it. It really moves well, the whole piece. But there's not much to no, it. No, there at all, isn't. Is there?
1: He does some really. In, I, I I can't say this for sure, but I I have this feeling that he certainly did this live with his acoustic because you can tell he's kind of hanging on some chords for a little bit longer, just kind of really feeling the tension of the song and then resolves it back into like the vocal and those little, little bits that you can, unless it's really heavily planned, you can only really do when you're performing something live. Um, but it's just so beautiful.
0: Yeah. Really cool recording. Nice, nice find. Sweet.
1: What did you have Pete?
0: So the next song I chose after Yaka's selection uh, was a track called Black Family by the artist Roy Ayers uh, from his album called Drive, which was released, according to the internet, at various points during the 80s. We've got 83, 88, 87. I'm going to presume that 1983 is the date that we're after. This song... It's a bit of a departure from people who might know Roy Ayers. He's a vibraphone player, primarily known for jazz songs. I'm thinking of Everybody Loves the Sunshine, classic soul jazz sound. So this was a collaboration with Fela Kuti, famous for pioneering the Afrobeat genre He hailed from Nigeria and made this music very influenced by funk from America but giving it an African scope and sound and also a political statement against some of the issues facing African countries at the time and this song has a lot of elements of pan-Africanism in it, this idea of uniting the black diaspora and overcoming a lot of the division's made in africa because of colonization uh and i just it's got a great groove and it is it's fun to have a. You, you only get the vibraphones it's like the second solo i think around the four minute mark you finally get roy airs like trademark vibraphone so it's a really interesting departure for him um this collaboration with team. what did you think yak
1: yeah i thought that was really cool i mean that that groove was so so good <laughs> i was just yeah, I was really enjoying that. Just vibing along, you kind of get the. I think from some of the backing uh, vocals, like the long time ago and the ignorance chance, mm. you kind of get that kind of African vibe. Kind of lends a little bit of that, you know, to that kind of really funky sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that. L- lyrically, that was, well, it was an education. Yeah, fantastic. It
0: does like that's a great example for me of where music just opens up ideas and pain and emotion so much better than so many other forms of communication because there's you can always ask things that you could never ask anywhere else like I feel like right now all those questions they'd ask there'd be some PhD in cultural studies who'd be like well it's obvious it was this and it's like but when it's music it's more of a like it's more of a question it's more of a invitation to search for yourself I yeah. love that. That just feels so much more human to me.
1: No, I get that. It's kind of like, here's my thought, and 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 there it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's out there for you all to see and talk about. Um, I really like that. The bass line is is brilliant. Yeah. Um, some great slap stuff in there, and it almost sounds like there's kind of a tapping technique going on somewhere. You know, I don't know if you can kind of hear that. It's kind of like slap, slap. Come in with the other hand, hit some notes something very unusual going on. I don't mm. know if it's like just multi-layered with some bass stuff and maybe some guitar bits and bobs, but as an, as an effect, it sounds fantastic. So I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, really powerful song. And I love the fact that it's kind of alluding to what you just said. It doesn't give you the context of the song too easily, mm. you know, because it's got this great, and I kind of love that about funk music. Yeah,
0: it's uh, it's definitely of its time, the sound. It's interesting. It actually reminds me a lot of some Talking Heads from that time. Oh, yeah, I get that.
1: Cool. Man, really cool track. I That is a contender for Track of the Night already for me. I don't know if you'll be able to top that. Ooh. I'm looking forward to checking out that album. No,
0: this is... We're re- doing a terrible job of recording our vocals, but they're great songs and maybe that's the point (laughs) yeah it's not of the point. if
1: you don't get any (laughs) look we're a bit keep this in pete guys we're a bit all over the place tonight i have to say we've had some hiccups we've had some tricky days but if you get nothing else from this session know that there is some good music on display and you should be checking that out
0: these are great tracks i am excited for the next ones i hope it takes us not as long to record our thoughts about
1: them <laughs> i feel like we've got the bad ones out of the way brilliant okay i'm me next pierre yeah,
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: oh by the way the album artwork is fantastic <laughs> that so roy track it's so got like bad. this checkboard thing but the thing i love the most about it is the drive text <laughs> just like placed on the left hand side in a not really it horrible font. any
0: sense the drive set the drive font is like a digital watch Royers is in the block capitals,
1: with a massive I, I space mean, between the first name and surname.
0: The the pose is odd. And do you drive a bike? Why Why not a car, Roy? You ride a bike, but, right? Was he not Was he not doing so good? It's it kind of like,
1: looks like some. If you ever seen Sabrina the Teenage Witch, it kind of looks like something from the eighties that would be on someone's post, like a wall, you know, the poster or something. Yeah.
0: It's a cheesy chip. And yeah, why a bike could, you know, (laughs) to represent drive? I mean, anything (laughs) would be better.
1: Okay, so my next pick is by The Osmonds from the album The Osmonds, believe it or not, in 1972. Um, It's the
0: self-titled curse rule.
1: It's insane. It's not intentional at all. But yeah, a lot of my picks seem to have, well, both of our picks seem to have self-titled albums. Uh, so yeah, I picked this track, um, The Osmonds, family band, um, classic kind of you know American sweetheart family band, starting off as a barbershop quartet, um, joined by Donnie and Jimmy, became The Osmonds, which kind of, I guess, would be described as um, a boy band. And a quote from the band, actually, you know, all our songs were chosen for us by the record company, but now having been successful, we wanted to freak out and make our own music, uh, we were rehearsing in a basement one day when Wayne started playing this heavy rock riff i came up with a melody Alan got the chords within an hour we had the song and the song was recorded at MGM in Hollywood and we added that distinctive wah wah sound and apparently they tried everything they could think of to get that uh that that horse sound at the beginning and they ended up finding uh something on their uh, Donnie's organ that sounded like a stallion as they describe
0: seriously that's an organ
1: yeah and they add a they add a wah-wah pedal to it it sounds like from that description as well um so i love this because it's uh it's this kind of like breakout song for the osmonds you know it's they've been given all these tracks from the record label and obviously rock's making a, a huge you know impact and uh, they they go for this song and it's, a br- it's just a brilliant song. When I play this for people, they just can't believe it's the Osmonds.
0: That's exactly how I felt.
1: Yeah. And the guitar solo. I mean, I saw your first one, that guitar solo mm. come in. That's a beautiful... I love the fact that they repeat it as well, because they know it's a, it's a real killer melody. It that does a few
0: there. things like you wouldn't expect in it. Like, there was a f- I think there was that note where I looked at the camera and you were like, yeah, I heard it. And I was like, <laughs> uh, it doesn't normally... Yeah, it was cool. And I also, yeah, the Osmonds, what?
1: Yeah, it was brilliant and vocally as well this is poof, absolutely fantastic and they didn't have Donny singing on this i believe because of the the high part kind of like the pre-chorus um the crazy horses that are filling up the sky that really high bit donnie couldn't quite hit so i think they got jimmy to do it
0: the only thing that feels still like the record label was haunting them a bit was the horn section it felt a little bit like hey you still gotta have a horn section if you want to (laughs) be pop if you want to be successful was i was a bit like it's kind of funny because it's so rock and roll but then there's this very pristine horn section it's a bit like when they added strings to country music and it's Mm. like oh we'll clean up those we'll clean up those country folk by putting some some nashville strings over the top that was a bit funny to me but no awesome track loved it uh i hadn't heard it either
1: yeah it's been covered by a few artists and uh most notably for me, covered by Electric Six, who I saw—they opened up that I saw live—and they opened up the whole set with this track. Wow! Me and my dad were a big fan of this song. We we love it, and we were both at the gig, and it came on, and we were like, uh, we were like schoolboys. It was awesome.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that. I can still picture it live as well. Because it's, it's such a, like, almost like a, I imagine myself with a beer mug and you're just kind of pounding it on the table. It's like, what are you singing? I don't know, but we're very passionate about Crazy Horses right now, okay? <laughs> it's so
1: funny. Oh, I love it. I love as well Crazy Horses. It's just great. Like, oh, man. yeah, I, I can't get enough listening to that tune. I love it. It's fantastic.
0: Okay. Interesting connection is that you went for a band that was made up of a family. You can't beat my next choice. You went for the Jackson for 5, names. didn't you? I No, that's oh. what you would think. Oh. I, I went for a band called The Silvers, who had nine siblings in their band.
1: Nine siblings in their band.
0: Take that, Jackson 5. Wow. Um, so the next song I chose is a song called I Know Myself by The Silvers from the album. You guessed it, The Silvers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what year is this?
0: 1972.
1: There's something about the 70s and uh, self-titled albums.
0: I mean God bless Mama Silver pushing out 10 kids 9 of whom clearly very musically talented they had a career spanning from 1958 to 1985 uh, which is hats off, that's a long that's a long career Um, they're pretty famous for their disco era, they did some disco cuts that got quite popular i love their early stuff i love this album there's another there's some great cuts off this album Uh, only one can win also worth a listen positivity flows through this song uh and the depth of the lyrics and the ideas that they're putting out you wouldn't know it from the the easy vibes in the music but it's a really deep song i mean i'm gonna read some of the lyrics I know myself and nobody can tell me different. I know myself and what I know is habition. And then the chorus comes in and says, that means to be, by the way. As the world goes round and round, so what? We keep on living, never like or self-disgust. No trust, we've got to have hope. They don't know. And again, we've talked a little bit about this on the podcast so far, but I love the mystery. You're not 100% sure what they're referring to specifically. Are they referring to standing up to societal norms are they standing up to racial injustice or the erasure of of black people in america um i just love all that and yet it's still it feels very universal it feels very applicable in so many different ways um and it's a really yeah fascinating song i just love those harmonies it's got a little bit the guitar is, is reggae style kind of it's on the offbeat and it's got the the wah effect, um, which is really cool. But then the vocals remind me of the height of San Francisco rock and the psychedelic era. The drums on point. There's a lot of R&B obviously in there, the bass. I just love this song. Can you tell, Yaka?
1: <laughs> I can tell, man. There's a lot to love about this song. That That is a great friggin' song. I was saying that your last choice maybe took the biscuit, but that one... Is great. Man, uh yeah, the harmonies, as you mentioned, are just on point. Beautiful. And and it doesn't just hit you with it once, it comes back quite a few times, and I love that. I was just like, oh, waiting for another one and they, and they gave you another one. Vocals like nice and high in the mix. Really mm. nice panning as well from like the left to right. If 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 you heard that, if you listen with your headphones, you'd notice that. Um just yeah, I get. I didn't even listen to the lyrics because I was so caught up in like the groove and the feel of the whole thing. Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm glad you kind of pointed those lyrics out. So psychedelic. That's what I pick up from that. It feels so ahead of its time. The drums on that sound amazing. That I can mm-hmm. only imagine that they are influential for psychedelic bands now. I'm kind of comparing that to some psychedelic stuff that I've kind of been hearing now, like Terminus Parlor, Mind Mischief, and the drums on that on Mind Mischief are. Uh, a standout and it just kind of throws me to kind of that modern psychedelic kind of sound. It's kind of like, you know, like when in psychedelic tracks, you kind of, it's almost like there's kind of a loop to the drumming and then it's kind of fill city, <laughs> you know, lots of fills <laughs> and then just kind of a loop of the drums. And that track is just, man, if I was a drummer and I was, I was listening to that, I would just want to go get on my kit. In fact, I don't even drum and I want to get on my kit. Like the, the, the feeling that, the drums on that track are unbelievable. <laughs> I I just love that so much. I, I'm 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 just gassed about it like you are right now.
0: Yeah, you have to go back and listen. I love that you picked up on the, the hypnotism of the music takes away the lyrics, but as you keep listening you're kind of like, Oh man, this is this is going deep. Again another lyric from verse four. The time will come when you must face a judge and money won't buy individuality. It's just so man, crazy. Sounds like a I song
1: written for you, Pete.
0: You gotta know yourself.
1: Yeah, I love that. Great choice, man. Really, really enjoyed that. Thanks for that. So my next track, my next choice is by Rufus Wainwright, a song called Montauk from the album Out of the Game, released in 2012. Really love this album. This is a standout song for me. It was released at the beginning of the album as a single, I believe, or certainly on some promotional material, and it had some mixed reception um, out of the game, the the song was uh, met with uh, much more praise than this one but it's a great song uh, it's very arpeggio driven throughout the whole track which is really cool but the lyrics are really stand out for me and kind of why i picked it for this this topic so rufus is married now i believe to uh, a guy uh, rufus is gay which plays a lot into his music and a lot of his themes and things that he sings about. And he has a a daughter called Viva Catherine Wainwright Cohen. And this song is kind of penned to her. It's a song about her coming to see when she's older, him and his partner and how she might react to that circumstance. If she will feel comfortable around the partner, if she'll stay, and that's kind of a, a prominent bit through the, the track, um, stay for a while. Don't worry, I know you'll have to go. So the the circumstance uh, that Rufus is in, it's not your typical, the typical theme or topic for a song that you might find elsewhere. It's what some might say, say is a unique circumstance, and I really love that aspect of it. You know, It's an unusual and interesting topic for for a song. And I just love how insecure he lets himself be and He allows himself to be on this song by saying you know this is this is your dad and i hope you want to stay i hope you don't want to go i hope you don't want to rush off hope you want to spend time with us hope you'll uh you'll be comfortable and i love that song this song for that reason i love it from uh his vocal is just stellar like it's the the control mm. that rufus has vocally in this song is amazing but what do you expect? He's, he's an amazing vocalist. Yeah, this has a link actually to my final song, which is one of the reasons why I picked it. But my favorite Rufus Wainwright album and an amazing song. Mm. Not a lot musically going on. There's obviously a lot of arpeggio work, but um, Pete. It works
0: though. It works. It's, I always am interested in people who can make synthesizers work with live instruments really well and this really worked there's a little synth underneath bubbling away and it worked really well with the feel of the song very haunting it was a really cool track i'm not the biggest roofer i haven't really connected to his music yet um i have several friends who have tried and i just but i have never heard that one i really liked it Uh, i really like this single just very haunting and yeah his vocal is mesmerizing uh, I was just really taken away by that because I often find him a bit over performative. I totally get Do you that. know what I mean. Whereas this felt actually quite like he was just delivering it yeah. almost like, more
1: reserved and, and in control.
0: And yeah. And yet yeah, it was so deep, you know, and so that, that, that really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah,
1: this that. album would be a great one for you. I'd say it's, it's less a uh, theater than some of his other stuff. And some of his, some of his other stuff is purposefully theater and that's, you know, that's great. That's, that's what he's going for. But, yeah, I particularly love this album for that reason. Um, that's a really good point that you made there. I love the the fine well, one of the final verses to this as well because he, he stops talking about, from what I understand, he stops talking about his daughter and moves on to his own mother. So the verse is, uh, One day, years ago in Montauk, lived a woman, now a shadow. There she does wait for us in the ocean, and although we want to stay for a while, don't worry, we all have to go. Um, so I, I believe that's a nod to his mother. But uh, yeah, fantastic song. Love it. Family. Family. Lots of family dynamics going on.
0: The next song I chose was a song called Stanger by a group called Little Sister. It was released in 1970 as a single and it was the A side of the single. The B side was the actual hit. It was a track called Somebody's Watching You and fun fact, first major hit single to use a drum machine. Which you can also hear on this track. It was the the Maestro Rhythm King. It's a cool name for a drum, drum machine. Um love the sound of this track. It's just it's like dripping. You know what I mean? Is that how else to describe it? Anyway, Connections to Family. This track was part of Sylvester Stewart, aka Sly Stone's various musical projects. He was at the height of popularity with Sly and the Family Stone. And during that time, around the nineteen around 1970, he starts a record label called Stone Flower, where he wrote and produced music for a variety of groups that were formed by him, including this one, which included his little sister, Vet Stone. And I guess <laughs> there wasn't much creativity in what they should call a band. Hey, you're going to be little sister. Uh, so there's a couple of family connections there. The label, sadly, did not last very long. Only lasted a year. Uh, and I think this must have been one of the, the major hits on that on that label. Yaka mentioned earlier the bass player, Larry Graham, and I don't know, there's a bit of debate about who's playing on this. A lot of people claim it's Sly who's playing everything through that wah-wah <laughs> pedal. Um, but it's just something about it. It sounds so just like oozing with rhythm and... I just love the production as well. You don't get anything that sounds like that anymore. This very bass. We do a bit of mixing, me and Yaka, And mixing all of those bass parts to sound so warm and and still differentiated in the mix, that's really hard to do. And uh, yeah, love this sound world.
1: Yeah, definitely. Sound world is a good good quote there. It's a really interesting one because... It doesn't feel like there's a lot going on in the mix, but as you kind of concentrate, as you kind of move further into the song, and I don't mean the time spent in the song, I mean as you kind of concentrate and start listening for bits in the song, you realize there's a lot of movement, there's a lot of things going on. Um, I think that's really cool. Um, and that's probably down to the, you know, props to the mix, You know, the, the point that you made there, the guitar work at the beginning with the wah pedal um oh that beginning nick yeah, me and pete oh. both looked at each other on that zoom call as soon as that came in i think he knew i'd appreciate that that's a that's some mm. tasteful wah. <laughs> that's really really nice used really nice and recorded really well now this could just be my own experience but recording wah stuff is, is quite tricky actually you can get a, it kind of depends on the pedals and the equipment that you use but you can get a lot of um overbearing like high-end and um or you lose a lot of clarity of the recording, but that's it's done really beautifully. Really hits the mark. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. Again, it's a bit of a similar theme throughout yeah, the songs that you've picked this evening, Pete. And that's a good good way to uh It's gonna be broken in the next yeah, one. Yeah, I was wondering. I I, I, I stopped what I, I was saying, because if I know Pete it's gonna be broken. <laughs> um but if it is, that was a good conclusion to that uh that um funky and good feel music. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. So my next song, my next and final song, is a song by Leonard Cohen called The Stranger Song, uh, released in 1967 on the album Songs of Leonard Cohen. This song features a distinct guitar style uh, that Leonard Cohen's famous for. He would say it's the, the only type of guitar he can play. I guess it's that kind of flamenco kind of style. He uh, took some guitar lessons as a kid from a a very talented flamenco guitar player, as Leonard describes. Lyrically, this song is fantastic. And before I get involved in that, I'm going to talk about the connection. So I picked this song because of the connection to my last choice, the Rufus Wainwright song. So Rufus Wainwright, his daughter, who is called... Viva Catherine Wainwright Cohen There's the clue in the name Cohen there. The mother of Viva Catherine Wainwright Cohen is Leonard Cohen's daughter Her name is Lorca also Lorca Cohen uh, Rufus had a baby with her which uh, the Montauk song is about and her granddad is Leonard Cohen So this is a really cool link because for everything that I just mentioned, but also Rufus and seems to be his entire family, a gigantic Leonard Cohen fans. In fact, him and his sister Martha uh, cover so many Leonard Cohen songs. It's unbelievable. We've got Chelsea Hotel, Everybody Knows, The Future, I believe, Tower of Song. Between the two of them, they've covered a lot of uh, Leonard tracks. So there's a there's a cool interview actually where Rufus is talking about him meeting Leonard for the first time. He went to see him or he went to the family home, And Leonard was there ironing his suit uh, in just his tighty whiteys with a cigarette in his mouth. (laughs) And I just love that imagery. And I can only imagine as Rufus, who is a gigantic fan, that must have been quite a trip. So this song, uh, as I said, it's got that really characteristic Leonard Cohen flamenco style uh, playing with his acoustic, which he, he does a lot. And it works really well for him. He Never thinks himself as a guitar player or a vocalist, he does think himself as a poet, a lyricist. And uh, man, is that on display in this song? Lyrically, I mean, this is fantastic. This is brilliant stuff. Some standout bits, uh, some standout lyrics. Oh, you've seen that man before, his golden arm dispatching cards, but now it's rusted from the elbow to the finger and he wants to trade the game he plays for shelter. And... He'll say one day you caused his will to weaken with your love and warmth and shelter and then take him from his wallet, an old schedule of trains. He'll say, I told you when I came, I was a stranger. Gives me goosebumps. Uh, Yeah, The whole track is quite haunting um, and it's just beautifully delivered. Um, Something quite interesting about this song, Anne Suzanne, which is a song that me and Pete both love and we have a uh, a good history with, a rich connection with Suzanne. Um, he lost the rights to these tracks. He, he didn't make a penny on these. He he lost the rights to this music before the album was released. <laughs> Crazy, right. right? So, yeah, Leonard said something quite beautiful um, t- towards, I'm saying them a lot, sorry, Pete. Leonard said something quite beautiful in an interview later in his life. He said that a song like Suzanne, a song so beautiful as Suzanne uh, didn't really matter that he didn't make money off it. He was just glad that he wrote it, and it was it was so beautiful to him, but two fantastic songs that probably would have made him a lot of money mm. but he uh he lost out on that, but lucky for us, because of the deals the poor deals that he made in his early music life, it was an incentive for him to keep touring. And he describes it as something that really catapulted the second half of his career and the second half of his songwriting was it started off as something Mm. he had to do to keep making money, but turned into a real passion and a love again for touring, which is something that he felt like he didn't have in the first part of his career. And I got to see Leonard live in Bournemouth and it was just amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So I am thankful for that. Mm. Pete, you heard this song with her. I had not,
0: as usual. It's it's an experience uh, listening to Lena Cohen. I um, it's not related to the song, but I I randomly went to a favorite place of mine called Calistoga in uh, Napa Valley. Somewhere up there, somewhere north of the bay, and I, it's this really nice resort. And a friend paid for me to go because I'd been having a kind of rough year. I was like losing the plot a little bit. Kind of still, still
1: recovering from that.
0: <laughs> and one of the things that have been difficult is that I've just been broke for too long. I've just been so freaking broke. You're talking financially. I was just here. like, oh, bones. Financially, yeah. Well, the two get related eventually, but no, um, I was financially broke. I'd been living off not a lot for a long time. I hadn't actually been back to England for a very long time. And my friend paid me to go and it was a very beautiful gesture. And I went to the local bookstore and I just felt like I had to spend money on books and like something to feed my creativity because I'd stopped writing songs. I'd sold a lot of music gear. I was kind of, I didn't know where it sat anymore. And I found this, not surprisingly in the Bay Area, found a nice book of Leonard Cohen's poetry. And like, man, it was enough to make me weep. I just like, I loved, I lapped it up. Absolutely loved it. And so when hearing it, it just immediately took me back to that resort where it just felt like I was almost coming back to life wow. at that time. And And of course his lyrics are like that. They bring back life into things. And I, um, so yeah, it's weird, totally unrelated to the the music, but you playing that, it was like I was in another world. I was in Calistoga like three years ago. Um, and that was really cool. Love Leonard Cohen. I can't really say much else. I love the simplicity of the guitar, but it's just perfectly suited. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll have to chew on those lyrics a little bit longer. Amazing lyrics.
1: Yeah. My, um, I've loved Leonard for years and He's as Jeff Buckley describes him. I think he's my Elvis. I think he describes him as we've spent, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this point, but I have to make it clear. (laughs) Lyrically Leonard is on another level. He's a beast Mm -hmm. lyrically. Like it's just, it's the type of lyrics that make you stop and just, you have to stop what you're doing. And just take in and embrace what's been given to you. And it's it's incredible.
0: His um his lyrics and his songs are for me what like David Lynch does to film. Uh, yeah, that's a great analogy. Leonard Cohen does to Do you know, a lot of people would be like, I don't really know what's going on here. And it's like, Yeah, so sit with it and then you will it will open up and it will suddenly be so amazing and no one else is gonna get you yep. enough for it.
1: <laughs> Man, we all you just with an artist like this, you feel like you know him. You feel like he's yours and his. You feel like you're in a relationship, in a sense. Mm. (laughs) I think you might be. Damn it!
0: Yeah, so the song I'm going to choose, hard to follow that song. This is an equally brilliant song in terms of the writing and the composition of it, but it is a very different voice. Uh, So the so (laughs) the song I selected... Uh, was I Can't Make You Love Me by Bonnie Raitt from the album Luck of the Draw, released in 1991. This song was written by a country duo of the names Mike Reed and Alan Shamblin, and they were going to give it a, I think a bluegrass sound originally. And they kept working on the song. They worked on the song for six months and eventually realized, hey, this is more of a, a ballad. We need to slow this down. Can you imagine this? A bit more up-tempo. It's kind of crazy. Um, And apparently the inspiration for this song came from a news article that Mike Reed read about a man arrested for getting drunk and shooting at his girlfriend's car. And the judge asked him if he'd learned anything, to which he replied, I learned, Your Honor, you can't make a woman love you if she don't. And that served as the inspiration for this song. It's an amazing song, covered by a lot of artists, Bonnie Raitt apparently did the vocals in one take and said she just you know after she'd done the first take she was spent emotionally wasn't going to be able to to pull it off again. The connection to family is um it's more personal than anything else the person playing the piano is Bruce Hornsby in my opinion it makes the track but I'm biased I love Bruce Hornsby he represents my family in many ways this was the soundtrack to growing up in my household the first two albums by Bruce Hornsby in the range the way it is and scenes from the south side are two albums I just know inside out I can hum every piano solo it was the sound of my childhood and teenage years it got me into piano it was it's everything so it, it has a big deep connection and I was we were all meant to go see Bruce Hornsby a while back it's meant to be for my dad's, uh, I want to say 50th birthday. Going to see him in Shepherd's Bush. And the the gig like didn't pan out or didn't work for whatever reason. Uh, I think he might have been sick. Bruce might have been sick. And so we never got to see him. And it would have been this like great event because there's not a lot of like shared music tastes amongst my family members. So it would have been really cool. So the closest I got is I got to see Bonnie Raitt play when I was living in California at the Berkeley Greek Theatre which is this amazing theatre on a hill in the middle of the Berkeley University campus and it overlooks the bay so as the gig starts you've got this amazing sunset and then it gets to twilight and you just get to see the sun kind of go down across the Pacific between the Golden Gate Bridge it's a pretty magical spot to play and uh, Bonnie Raitt was playing and Bruce Hornsby was opening up for her and so we were all questioning, like, are they going to do the song? Are they going to do the song? Are they going to do the famous one? And they did right at the very end. And it was just mm, peak musical moments. Just so incredible. And it felt like, I, like I was saying in the earlier song, I hadn't been home for a long time. And it just was a way of connecting with my family in that moment uh, through this shared musical, like, love, which I just thought was kind of cool. You know this one, Yaka
1: didn't know that song uh what i love that that story great story great story man um funnily enough i was listening to it right at the beginning and i was like this sounds like bruce hornsby <laughs> that's why i was like whoa when you said that because i was right but um you know I, I i can't play piano very well you know i can play chords and sing but I think it was kind of the sound of the piano. That was like, that sounds like Bruce Hardsby. You know what I'm saying? It's got that like jangly, not jangly, is probably not fair. It's not a jangly piano sound, but it's kind of quite sparkly, isn't it, is is keys. And so, yeah, that was really cool. That is it's a beautiful song. Uh, It's absolutely beautiful song. I grabbed some lyrics in there that kind of really stood out to me. I mean, you've already said the standout lyric there, which is, you know, because I can't make you love love me if you don't. But uh, yeah, but my f- favorite part there: morning will come and I'll do what's right. Just give me till then to give up this fight, <laughs> and I will give up this fight because I can't make you love me if you don't. Oh. It's just heartbreaking, but uh, yeah, beautifully beautiful song, and the 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 end, the end of that track, the the piano licks, it's. Man, it gives you everything. It gives you everything. And I'm waffling a bit here, but I've drunk a few whiskies now. Um <laughs> but yeah, vocally, it's not fair for me to not say vocally. Yeah. It's a beautiful, heartfelt performance. And even before you told me that beautiful story of your of the live performance, I was just there. You know, I was just there in the room with her. So uh fantastic. And man, live music we've uh it'd be my worthwhile as doing something on don't forget
0: about it <laughs> don't
1: forget about it please <laughs> it'd be worthwhile as doing something about um life live music live performances stuff that jumps out to yeah, us. that's and, cool because uh i mean we just thought you know my standout <laughs> life um experiences is leonard cohen doing tower of song just him and his piano with a, as he would describe it as a piano that plays just by itself it's <laughs> a note and it goes <laughs> and it just presses another note to change the chord and he delivers this amazing performance and you're talking about your standout live performance there and man it just really makes me think i want to see some artists i need to see paul McCartney <laughs> with my dad um oh nice yep yeah, love it thanks Jacob, for that
0: theme and some real magic in those music selections yeah that
1: was great i loved you i loved your connections i love how as usual you hit me with something completely different at the end but when you say completely different p i expect you to go completely <laughs> left field and uh you know some some crazy mixes of slowed down versions of echo the dolphin i don't know um but yeah i love that your ending there really suitable for for my ending as well <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Mixtape Project. Check out the show notes for each episode at pxymusic.com, where you can also find the music that made it into this mixtape.
1: And if you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word. Subscribe, tell a friend. We'll see you next time.